This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jack and Laws from the Jack and Laws blog. They're on here to talk about the season so far for Fulham and also talk about their second book, which they wrote. And I look forward to hearing about the book and uh, learning more about that. As always on Cottage Talk, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Okay, guys. Let's not waste any time. First of all, welcome, ladies. Joining me again, we did talk last year. I'll go to you first, Jackie. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, your good friend here. Thanks. Thanks for having us, Russ. It's great to be on. Uh, it's very, very cold over here in England at the moment, so you might be getting better weather than us, but um, we're we're ready to go on a, on a chilly evening. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry to hear that. Lorraine, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks, Russ. It's really good to be on again. And we love talking Fulham as much as you do. So <laughs> any opportunity, honestly, we love it. So thank you very much. Okay, well, great. Well, listen, before we go through the five takeaways, it's funny. The the reason why I suggested this to both of you is that I got feedback from you that you enjoyed it. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go through five takeaways with the two ladies here. So we're going to have some fun with that. But before we do that, let's talk about your second book. Laz, tell us a little bit about the second book. Uh, well, it's called Caught in Possession. And it follows uh, the book Crossing the Line, which was our first novel. Now, that is based on a fictional Fulham team because we love Fulham so much. We have to write about it in our spare time. Right. And in this book, um, The team is on, uh, well, has just been promoted to the Premier League, so it's fighting to stay up. That's familiar to all Fulham fans. Not this season, amazingly, but in the book, that's what's happening. And also, they're on a European tour because they've qualified for the Europa League in the book. Hmm. So, but at the same time, our fictional owner, and I'll um, emphasize the fictional owner aspect here, 
is struggling with his finances and he's trying to get another stand done, the Putney stand, but the bank's given him a lot of very strict conditions of which he's really under a lot of pressure to meet and he can't delay because otherwise basically it could be a bit shaky for the club and there is someone lurking in the wings who would be very keen to take over the cottage so um jackie i don't know if you want to elaborate on that yeah i mean it carries on where crossing the line left off but it is an independent story so if you haven't read crossing the line but you fancy reading the new one that would work um, it was great fun for us carrying on the story, picking up with the, the characters that we'd already developed and particularly writing about the European tour. At one stage, um, well, quite often we do dwell on um, the actual European tours we went on with Fulham a few years ago. At one stage, we're, we're on a train in, uh, in Holland and we're chatting away about the match we're going to and... and um, we're so busy talking about Fulham that we realise that we've missed our station and the, the guard comes up to us and uh, points out that we're about to end up in Germany if we don't get off at the next stop. So there's there's some amusing Jack and Laws anecdotes based on, on real life in there. But most of the stories, it is fictional, but it's, uh, it's good fun. And um, yeah, we'd obviously love people to, to read it and, and give us some feedback. Okay. All right. Excellent. And I would highly recommend Lorraine, please tell everyone how that they can actually find the book. Um, yeah, it's on uh, Amazon.com. So basically you can just access it from um, Amazon. Um, there's a link also on our website, um, which is uk or jackandlaws.com. Um, and so you can access it via the website. Um, but there's plenty of match action in there. But there's also, uh, it touches on a lot of themes which are very sort of prevalent in football from the mental health of some of the players, from the scrutiny that they're under, from the press and their private lives, some of it not wanted at all. Um, also, just a lot of, as, as Jackie was saying, just sort of like, sort of an amusing take. So it's it's very lighthearted, even though there's all like those themes it's it's um you know it's meant to be a sort of like a good fun read but without any real match jeopardy that there is in real life which is um uh you know we all live and breathe every week excellent great and i would highly recommend everyone get in that book uh so ladies thank you so much for talking about the book let's now get into our five takeaways so laws i'm going to start with you and then i'll go to jackie Give me your number five takeaway from the season so far. Okay, well, they're not actually in any specific order, Ross, okay. but we've got five. So uh, I think the first one is that, um, and I've heard other people on your show say this, but Marco really is a genius. So we sing about that at the cottage, and my, and in fact, we've decided he's not a genius, he's a wizard as well. Um, so right. he has these sort of supernatural superpowers because what he's done for our... Uh, many of our existing players has sort of like transformed them from good championship players into very good Premier League players. And that is not an easy thing to do. We're talking Bobby Deckard over Reed. We are talking Niskins Cabano, uh, Tim Ream, who we all love. Um, and also uh, Mitro Senemore from the difference between Scott Parker season and um, under Silver. But also he has brought in amazing new players that. Uh, he helpfully 
can speak Portuguese to them. Not that he needs to because their English is perfect, but he's managed to get some very select, brilliant players uh, integrated in the team. And I think it just shows his experience, his know-how, his intelligence and his focus. So he is a genius. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Jackie, over to you. What's interesting about this, and I'm glad that Laws already mentioned this, and we talk about this a lot in Cottage Talk, is the players that she just named have all improved over Marco Silva. So when I look at a manager and I look at other managers, I'm not just talking about Fulham, just in general. I ask the question, not just about wins and losses and draws, have the players improved under the manager? And I can say, I don't know a player that really has not improve the only player that I could say that has not played well we just haven't seen enough of him and, and obviously Marco doesn't fancy him is Kevin and Babu but the players that play are all playing for him and so many of them have improved and I can tell you I can't say that for every full manager in my history I can say that with Marco so I'm going to agree with Laws here and say genius <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely I mean we we I, I completely agree um all the people that um, Lorraine's mentioned and, and just everyone in the squad, when you look back and you think this was our championship team last year, yes, there's been some really good additions, but you know, we're not, we're not just, you know, staying in the premier league. We're not just, you know, in 17th place. We're right up there competing with the very best. When you look at the tables of, you know, top goal scorers, top assists, um, most dribbles, most tackles, most duels won, and all, all these kinds of things. There's always a Fulham player right up there. And um, often they are the people who played in the championship last season. So it's been absolutely revelatory, uh, you know, seeing those guys who, some of whom like Tim Ream and Tom Kenny, we've watched them play for years. Right. We're now watching them at their absolute best. And it's just fantastic. It is, Jackie. And what's great about this, and again, I'm not trying to slight any other manager, but it's also the approach. And you guys get to see it each and every match at Craven Cottage. I was just talking on our last show because I got a lot of comments from the Newcastle United supporters saying that Fulham came for a draw. And I disagree with them because they didn't come for a draw up at St. James's Park. Absolutely not. They always play in the front foot. And we can't always say that with other full managers. Listen, I love Roy Hodgson, okay? one of my favorite managers of all time. But you know what? Roy would go on the road and he would try to nick a point. Marco Silva doesn't do that, Jackie. No, definitely. I'd, we definitely weren't playing for a draw against Newcastle. Um, and I, you know, in all honesty, penalty catastrophe aside, we probably didn't do enough to win the game, but we were trying to win it. Very fair. And, you know, there have been so many other matches and, and we've mentioned them in the blog, really. You know, the matches against Man City and Man United. Um, we've lost them, you know, the, the way we've lost them because Marco's been going for the win. If we've been playing for a draw, we might have got the draw, but we didn't because we were trying to win them. Right. And that's my point in loss. Back over to you. I've always liked managers that have been aggressive. And yes, we might have more points if he had taking a different approach, but I would rather go with this approach laws because not only are you being entertained, but I think Marco's putting the team in the best position to win. I would rather go for the win than go for the draw. I think any Fulham fan who witnessed the last time we were in the Premier League with Scott Parker would agree wholeheartedly. That was 
dire. We got the odd scalp, like amazingly, at Liverpool and Leicester and Everton, which were brilliant. Um, but the fact we couldn't even score on the last day of the season in Craven Cottage, it was dismal. It was just so, so bad that everyone uh, it would be happy just to be playing good attacking football and um, not always winning, but just actually watching some really exciting matches. And um, we're winning and watching exciting matches. So that's good. <laughs> What's funny about that, Jackie, is that uh, I got into an argument a couple of seasons ago with a forum supporter who kept messaging me on Messenger because he was complaining about the style of play under Scott Parker. And, and I would just, my argument back to him was that while they're winning, and he would say, I want to be entertained, Russ. I would. I want to be entertained. But what's interesting with Marco is that you're getting both. You're, you're being entertained and you're also winning because the formula is to play on the front foot. And I can't argue against that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and yeah, it is the best of both worlds, which is fantastic. Um, and I also think it's the fact that we have lived through the Scott Parker era that makes this all, all the better. And even as you say, looking back to Roy, I mean, we both love Roy as well, but particularly that season when we came seventh, which felt amazing at the time, a lot of those points were from one all draws away at slightly bigger clubs. And it was very much grinding out the results. And, and that worked. And, you know, we loved that team as well. And it, it led us to Europe and it, it was all fantastic and it all paid off. But again, you look back at that and you think, actually, as effective as it was, it wasn't exciting football. But now, you know, we've got this fast, exciting, dynamic, the, you know, the long passes forwards to just bypass another team's midfield from, from the defence straight down to one of the wingers. And, and then, you know, straight into the box and, and Mitro might even just like score straight from that. And right. it's just it's just amazing. You, you, you just transition from defence to attack. literally in the blink of an eye. And that's what's so great about this because I'll even throw this into your loss and then we'll move on to number four. I know we're focusing a lot on Marco and I I like to talk about Marco. Another factor here, and I'm glad that Jackie brought up Roy's seasons and and that season that we got seventh. I can still tell you, I can't remember the matches. It might have been Liverpool, might have been Manchester United. We still got hammered. The only time we've gotten hammered this season was against Newcastle United, and we kind of know why they got hammered. So they're in all these matches, and I think it's part of it is the approach loss. Yeah, no, definitely. And, I mean, we we saw it last season. I mean, that championship season was something else. I mean, it was just – I don't think any Fulham fan had witnessed that for maybe going back a few decades. I mean, you're talking – of a different generation. We absolutely wiped the floor with all the teams in the championship. And Marco from the off was talking about it's an entertainment game. I mean, he got that, you know, and he's he's very, very fan focused, which is quite unusual. You don't hear that many other sort of coaches or managers talking about it in the same way he does. And you know, no one quite knew how he'd adapt to the Premier League, but the philosophy fundamentally hasn't changed. Um, for the fan, it's very, very welcoming. So it's good. Like we're very happy, and I think we all should be. We're we're fortunate to have him. My next thing with Marco is uh, Mr. Khan, get your checkbook out and uh, sign him up long term. 
that's all I'm going to say on that. Sign him up long-term. I don't know what it's going to take. Get that man signed up long-term because you want the project that you're building to continue and you don't want the threat of him leaving. Sign him up long-term. Show him the money. I hate to do a little Jerry Maguire, but show him the money. Yeah, and if they don't, I think there'll be a fan whip round. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. All right, Laws, let's go to number four. What's your number four takeaway? Do you want me or Jackie to go shall, next? Shall okay, Jack, Jackie, oh, I'll, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll go to Jackie. Yeah. Um, so we often say in the blog, we don't do stats because we're not that good at them and other people are a lot better. So I've, I've, I've purloined this stat from Cottage Analytica, who okay. um, we follow on Twitter. And we, what he does so well is he makes stats quite fun. And so this is, this is an interesting and fun fact from him. Um, apparently, one third of all red cards handed out this season, so five out of 15 red cards have been issued to Fulham's opponents, which wow. I find quite, I mean, what a stat. And apparently, um, of all the other teams, no one else has had more than one opponent sent off. So somehow we're doing things that um, are making life very, very difficult for other teams so that they end up fouling our players so badly that, that they get sent off. Or in Crystal Palace's case, two players get sent off. <laughs> so... Um, you know, and, and I think one thing to add here is we're certainly I'm not and I don't think Loz is either big fans of the players surrounding the referee, which they did do a bit right. during the Chelsea match, although the Chelsea players were all doing it as well. It was a bit of a general melee, to be honest. But, you know, I, I don't think that's that's how players should behave. I but, totally agree. But 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 most of these red cards have been such obvious red cards that that no one's had to protest or anything. And, you know, the players have had to be sent off straight away. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's a really interesting stat. And again, for a newly promoted team, that we're obviously doing something a bit different that, that other teams just don't seem to be able to cope with. Right. And that's a great point. And Laz, it's funny. It's in the situation from the get-go, when you guys were at the Liverpool match, it didn't lead to a red card but it led to a penalty. It's a similar situation we're talking about. It's the approach. It's the getting on the front foot. It's taking advantage of your opponent. Whenever you get a chance, quickly, very quickly, it's basically getting these teams on the defensive very quickly, and they're not handling it well. And I think it really goes to how Marco has them set up, but the players are the ones that are causing this. So you, you have to give credit to the full players. But I do want to say one thing, and I want to get your thoughts on what Jackie also shared. I don't like the foam players surrounding the referee either. No, it's, 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 it's not. It doesn't look good. It's not good for the image of the sport, I don't think. Um, and, you know, and the ref, you know, will obviously listen to the crowd when they shout VAR if, if we think it's... Um, Appropriate. I mean, it'd be interesting to find out. I, I did see that stat, whether how many are at the cottage and how many not at the cottage. Obviously, Palace was away. But um, so are we turning into the old Trafford of London where like refs are on our side? I don't know. But I think Maybe. you know, Mitro is very canny, he's very, very good, and that's that's having a good footballing brain. I don't think it's cheating. He puts himself in, in positions and invites the fouls. Um, and he's good at it. Bobby's pretty good at it as well. Right. Um, but um, 
yeah, I think there's a way to behave. Last week it was funny when the Chelsea player, when Felix got sent off because everyone sang what a waste of money. And uh, and it, it felt good because it was all pantomime football, which was, you know, part of the entertainment value. And it led to the right results, so we were happy. But, um, yeah, the red card thing is interesting. Yeah, We've got is. quite a few yellows, but... Um, we just don't need to make sure that they don't start coming back to us. There's not some sort of karma arrangement here. Well, that's <laughs> my only concern, was is that we are getting all these that it will come back to bite foam at some point because these calls usually even themselves out. I just hope in our case it doesn't. Yeah, yeah definitely. Hopefully. Yeah. I think we have had a lot of yellow cards, actually, more, we have. far more than we would normally. When you think back to one of those European tours that we, we were talking about, um, was the one we got from winning the Fair Play Award. I remember. Because yeah. we had almost no yellow cards that season. Um, and this season... Was that the know, season where they got the red card in the last match? Yes. Was it- yeah. <laughs> no, it was Gira. Gira. Yeah. 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 But even so, we still managed, because we had so few cards overall, we still managed to qualify. Um, and yeah, things have changed a lot since then. And um, as we've seen, because of the, the, the smaller squad, um, if we're missing a player who's suspended, right. it's a big miss often. Um, I mean, Vinicius did an amazing job standing in for Mitro last week. But I think, you know, when we've been without Robinson, we've we've missed him. Um, you know, we've massively missed Polinia, the, the, the match he was suspended for. Yep. So the players have got to be careful. Um, and as you said, um, what we don't want is people getting two yellow cards and, and suddenly the red cards are going our way, not, not, you know, not to our opponents. Exactly. Exactly. The way it's working out now is to Fulham's benefit, but it could turn the other way. And it's a good point by both of you to talk about the amount of yellow cards. And listen, I'll be the first to tell you laws. I, I think the accumulation of yellow cards with uh, Anthony Robinson hurt Fulham against Newcastle United. So it's, it's yeah. a valid discussion point and I don't think we've talked enough about it on Cottage Talk about how Fulham are picking up so many yellow cards so I'm glad that you guys are bringing that to the table it's a a valid point to talk about okay let's go to number three Jack I'll go back to you give me your number three take number three oh Waz is number three okay okay yeah well the um there's a Goldman for you go ahead (laughs) I think we are turning heads on that we are turning heads this season, and it's like we've had a sort of a, a, a brilliant makeover. We're getting noticed on TV. We're getting plaudits left, right, and centre. Where the yo-yo tag is sort of becoming less frequently used, and uh, quite frankly, at, at the beginning of the season, everyone predicted us to go down, or not Fulham fans, but anyone that didn't know about Fulham. Because, you know, that is, you know, the odds are stacked against you going up. But now, obviously, that looks like that's not going to happen. And to go from uh, a side that was predicted to go down to go to a side that's being sort of talked about in amongst the best teams in the division is quite, quite incredible. So, yeah, so I think they've had a makeover and they're getting noticed. And I think that is one of our takes. That's great. Jackie, your thoughts on that? And I have some thoughts about basically this turnaround from the media. I actually think it should be more, but that's just my opinion. You go ahead. I, I think I think it's baby steps, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get there in the end. But I think we've taken people massively by surprise. 
Um, I think there's a lot of lazy journalists in football and it's really easy to say, oh, you know, three teams have been promoted. They're the favourites for relegation. And, you know, some pundits find it really hard to think outside that box. But we've really shaken things up. And um, I think lots and lots of us said, you know, I'd be happy with 17th. Um, and, and I think that's probably still the case for lots of right. Fulham fans. But, you know, we're not 17th. We're not aiming for 14th or 15th. Um, I think because we're all sensible, grounded people, we don't really think we're going to finish sixth either. But the fact that we're up there has really made people sit up and take notice. You know, we're halfway through the season. This isn't a, a one-month wonder. It's not luck. It's not a fluke. Um, it's It's been come off the back of many months of consistently good performances. And the football world is beginning to wake up and see that we're not just little old Fulham anymore. We're, we mean business. No, I agree with both of you. The one thing that I want to add to it is that I'm glad, like you said, Jackie, there are baby steps, but I am irritated beyond belief that Brentford get more plaudits than we do, and I don't get that. But that's the one thing that really gets me. I understand that, with especially with Sky Sports being so close, but it just continues on and on and on. And you got Fulham here that I think are doing it the right way. I can ask you a little bit about a certain player who, might have a gambling issue with Brentford. We don't have that issue. But and anyways, let's move on from – I don't want to talk about Brentford. I want to talk about Fulham. So let's go to number two. I think I'm now with – who am I with now? I, I'm, so I'm losing you. track. This, this is me. This is okay, me. I'm so, Jackie. Boy, I so, am all over the place. <laughs> it's us. It's us. No one can cope with the two of us together. Uh, um. So this is another bit of a stat, actually, but um, it's, it's a well-known one, which is that other than West Ham, who obviously broke the rules a bit to get their win, we've yep. only lost to the teams above us, um, which, again, is, is incredible, especially when you think there are actually only four teams above us. Um, and most of those losses have only been by one goal, and most of those winning goals by the other teams have been scored very late on in the match. So I think this is, you, you said about negatives earlier, and we don't really have any negatives, but this this is the one thing where you think um, there's room for improvement. Matches are, they're not even 90 minutes long. They're 95, 96, 100 minutes long. And you've got to play those whole 100 minutes, fully focused, giving everything, because the other team will do, especially right. the big teams who've got these, amazing benches with you know the guy who came on to score against us from Newcastle he cost 60 million pounds or something and it's like well obviously we can't quite compete with that but you've got to be aware that that is what these other teams can do and you've got to be prepared for it and although as Law said earlier yeah Mark is a genius and we sing that all the time and everything this seems to be the one thing that um his genius maybe slips up a little bit with because Sometimes his subs are a bit too late. Sometimes yeah. they seem to be a bit too random. Um, and this just seems to be the one failing of the team is that we're vulnerable in the last few minutes of the game. It's a great point. It's actually a common thread through this statistic that you're talking about. When you look at some of these matches, Newcastle United, Manchester United, Manchester City, even Arsenal and Tottenham, they're all late. All these are late. Blas, what do you... 
what's your theory on this? Well, the, the squad's just not big enough in terms of sort of strength and depth, not compared to the bigger clubs. I mean, I mean, but they are so off the scale. I don't think we're ever going to replicate what they do because it's just impossible. And quite frankly, I don't want us to be a Man City on Thames. It's just, you know, so it's trying to get the right balance. But clearly when you have got the quality of the benches of Man City or Spurs, Chelsea, I mean, it, it's so phenomenal it's very hard to match. So I still think Marcus a genius, <laughs> but yeah, he is a bit late with his subs, and some of them are like slightly sort of almost okay. sort of seemingly random. But I think for the most part, he just can't match the quality on the pitch. I mean, I like Chalabar, but when you bring him on, he's not going to be the same as the quality of some of the other teams' midfielders. It's just not, and and I, I like him. It's just. It, they have a, it's of a different scale, and I, that's not Marcus's fault. That's the the club. It is, and uh, Jackie, it's a great point. It, it really does come down to, at the very end, the game changes that they can have coming off the bench that Fulham just don't. So that's something that the cons have to look at. Director of Football Tony Khan, they have to figure out how they want to handle this moving forward because it's funny. I'm. I went to a match, my first full match, it was at Reading, and it was at a season where this happened a lot too under Martin Yol, where they would lose all these matches or get draws at the very end. At the Modeski, it was a draw, but it was it happened a lot. So you have to ask yourself, why? Are the players tiring? In this case, I actually think it's the bench. I think Loss is right. Yeah, I think that um, I think it's a few things. Um, yeah, we, we just can't compete with, with the the, the money that the bigger clubs can spend, but we could maybe manage things better, which which we've done in so many other matches. You know, the matches that we've won by one goal, like Brentford and Brighton, um, Marco's got it just right, and the, the players have got it just right, seeing out right. the game in a really, really professional and skilled way, which, which has been incredibly nerve-wracking, but also really exciting <laughs> to watch. So it just seems to be something that just needs a bit more work, um, plus, hopefully, you know, January window open, Mr. Khan, got to be in a good mood the way everything's going. <laughs> big checkbook. Um, big. You know, big, big checkbook. Um, hopefully, he can get some new players in. But obviously, then you're back to it's got to be the right players. They've got to bring something new. Um, and they've got to fit in properly, which, which is, is not easy finding always the right people. Okay, great stuff. All right. To end the show, coming up next, we're going to go through the number one takeaway from Jack and Loss. I might have a bonus topic for them as well to end the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Okay, let's go to number one. I think I'm going to get this right. Laws, it's to you. Yeah, it is. Um, Finally, I got it right. <laughs> I mean, this we've talked about it in general over the other points, but basically, I think one of our main takeaways is just the phenomenal belief and mentality that the team has this season. We are competitive against every side, home and away. We're not intimidated by anybody. And I, I, I heard Breda Hangerland on, on uh, a, a podcast, I think, last season, and he was sort of saying that you have to go into every match and think that you can win it. And this team does, um, and you can see that. There is no, he sort of said, you can't have that soft underbelly. And, and, and you can see that there's, there is a real belief. The mentality is absolutely rock solid. And we saw that from the off when we played Liverpool and, you know, you know, Van Dijk was this like just standing there, and Mitro was you know rushing past him. It was just phenomenal. And right. I think the other thing is that we have found different ways to win. We it, we play attractive football, and it's great for the entertainment value. But we can win gritty matches like we did at, at Leicester or Southampton. So it's not always that pretty towards the end, but the fans will take that to get the points on the board. So the different style of um, sort of tactical approaches that Marco the genius adopts is is phenomenal. So that you know we're not necessarily going for possession based football like we did last season, um, and it's just that that's sort of like the change in tactics in terms of the the varying it just to so that it's very very tailored to whoever we're playing, very bespoke, um, and he's. Uh, and, and it's just the belief that he has managed to instill that and the, that winning mentality so that no one likes coming to the cottage anymore. And and even Man City, I think, wouldn't particularly relish us turning up at the Etihad. I mean, we're, they're a, we're a team that no one wants to play, which That's I right. take as a massive compliment. A huge compliment. And Jackie, I think uh, Laws nailed it with her commentary on this. The one thing that I, I want to just mention is that I've talked about it on this show. I'm glad that Laws mentioned this. It's finding a way to win. It's the belief, but different ways to win. As she said, I can give you examples where we played attractive football and won, but then we had to grit it out against Leicester City, Southampton. There are different ways that they're winning matches that, to me, this is the reason why they are where they are. They're not just winning one way. They're winning several different ways, and they're extremely hard to beat, but it's the belief. It's going into that match, Jackie, believing that they're going to win. I'm telling you, I, in my history, I can't remember that mentality for every Fulham team. I think these players believe they're going to win every match, and even Man City. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think it goes back, you know, we were saying about Roy earlier. I think Roy's philosophy was let's not lose. And I think right. his team went into certainly some matches with that philosophy and it worked. But yeah, Marco's philosophy seems to be we can beat anyone. And that's obviously been built up now over, over 18 months of championship wins, which then puts you in a great position to go into the Premier League and, and keep winning there. But yeah, it's, it's the fact that there seems to be a solution to winning against whoever we're playing. And if it means digging deep and digging in and fighting back and holding on, then this team can do that because they're not just being coached to play pretty football and improve their technical skills. They've had this character building influence on them as well. 
and um that as much as as the as, as the pretty football is is a joy to watch when you see how hard they're working and how much they want to win and and when they do win it just makes it even better right absolutely and that to me is the common thread throughout the season it's the players belief they're putting in the best position to succeed as we talked about some of the situations at the end of the, end of the match there are a couple of different things going on but going into the match and the belief throughout the match is that they're going to win. And I love that about this side, that belief. And, and I'm glad that you guys uh, had that as your number number one. I know it was in no particular order, but I'm glad that we ended with that. Yeah. Guys, before we wrap this up, I do have a bonus topic. You guys aren't ready for this, but I do have a bo mm -hmm. bonus topic for you. And it's in general terms. It kind of goes with, I mentioned the situation with Brentford. I can also mention the situation with, Newcastle United with Joel Linton. And then, of course, the situation with Ivan Tony. I feel as just a supporter of watching all kinds of different sports, I don't like that either one of these players are playing right now. Now, you can, in the case of Joel Linton, it was for drink driving. And I thought that they made the wrong decision by playing him against Fulham. I don't know how long he should be suspended but I thought they should have taken that in consideration. The situation with Ivan Tony is even more unbelievable to me that he's continuing to play with everything that's going on with him, with the gambling charges against him. Again, innocent until proven guilty. I get all that. But as a club, shouldn't you, while he's being investigated, not play him? I'm just curious your thoughts. If, if we put our Fulham hats on, if a Fulham player, I wouldn't want these players to play, including, I don't care who it is, Mitro, Paulina. That's just how I feel. I'm curious how you guys feel about this. Laws, I'll go to you first. How do you feel about that? I agree with you, Russ. I mean, um, we, you know, when we're watching the team, we always, you know, we'd like the gamesmanship and everything else, but we don't like it if uh, any player sort of simulates and dives or, uh, you know, is sort of giving the ref too much aggro or whatever, because it's just unnecessary. And it's the same if they're doing things off the pitch. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it does become part of a sort of a club culture. And and if there's things that are really sort of like, just sort of something that doesn't align with it, then I think, you know, I would like to think the club would take a stance. Um, the, the trouble is we might want that, but the amount of money in football, Ivan Tony must be there, top scorer I try to ignore them and the only reason they get more airtime I think Russ is just because they've been up for longer that's all yeah. we'll, we'll overtake them don't you worry <laughs> in terms of <laughs> limelight um that's why but, I have you on Lars <laughs> but uh so I'd like to think that but you know I don't want to be all cynical or despondent about it but the just the amount of money Yep. clubs and fans de demand the points you know so it's it, it's it's really hard for them to make these decisions and um i'd like them to but i can see why they don't i can see why they don't and uh jackie i want to get your thoughts on this i know it's a hard subject probably for us to end but it's something that i've been thinking about a lot lately especially with the situation this weekend and a decision that eddie howe had to make and i it was posed to me from a supporter of uh, Newcastle United, and I could tell he was did not feel good about the fact that he might play. He ended up playing. So 
I think it's it's a hard thing as a father. I would have a hard time with a player playing that just did that. I, I would have a hard time with that. And then the situation with Ivan Tony, it's funny over here, gambling is really bad for athletes to gamble. It's like, you know, in baseball, they ban you for life. They literally ban you for life. It, it's a serious offense. So the fact that he's still playing is something that I've always wondered what people think about it. So I'm curious your thoughts on it. I agree with Laws. It's a hard one because there's so much money involved. But morally, I don't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want a phone player to play. That's just me. Yeah, I think it's a really hard one, and I think what makes it harder is that in in many ways, drink driving is obviously a worse crime than the gambling. But because the gambling relates to football and the drink driving doesn't, it kind of makes them more equal. What I find really odd about the drink driving is that what was he doing drinking so much that he was over the limit as a professional footballer in the middle of the season? Also, how stupid is he? Surely he either has someone who drives him around or he's well enough off to call a cab. The whole thing is absolutely bizarre. And if yeah. anything, just goes to show the guy's an idiot. And I'm not sure we'd want him playing for our club if you're, <laughs> if you're that stupid. Um, but the fact right. of the matter is, no, it's a crime. It's a really terrible crime because of the things that can come from it. Exactly. And no, we wouldn't want someone like that playing for Fulham. Um, with the gambling, I find that even more strange because, as I say, it's if he was gambling on tennis then he carries on playing football. That kind of seems okay. But he was gambling on football matches, but he's carrying on playing football. And what else has he been up to? Um, you know, and Who is he involved with, Jackie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, is there more to this? Um, is it carrying on? Um, it's, it's a worry in a sport which has got lots of money in it. Exactly. Having said all that, as we've said all along, you are innocent until proven guilty. Yes. And it is a really difficult situation. Um, it will be very interesting to see once we've gone through this period where they're still um, being investigated and what happens if they are found guilty, what punishment they get and how it's dealt with by the clubs as well. So I think it's a really interesting topic and, and one that will rumble on. I totally agree, guys. And listen, I am one that is totally innocent until proven guilty. I'm 100% on that. My only stance on this is while it's being investigated, this is just me, I might make a decision as an owner not to play someone while the process plays out. Take that player aside while it's being investigated. I just think that is the smart move to do. But again, that's just that me. But I, as Laz said very eloquently, there's so much money involved, it, it does make things difficult. But if you're asking me, I wouldn't want Ivan Tony playing for foam. And uh, I wouldn't want Joe Linton playing for foam right now based on what's been going on. I would want him to be suspended until this thing plays out. That's just me. I might be in the minority. That's just how I feel. Anyways, enough of talking about other players from other <laughs> sides. Guys, it's been just such a pleasure talking to the two of you tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks for us. It's been great. Thank you. It's been great. And before we go, one more time, Jackie, tell everyone about the book, where they can get it from. So the book is called Caught in Possession. You can either find it on Amazon, search obviously under Caught in Possession, 
it's on our website, www.jackandlords.co.uk. And the other place is in our Twitter profile. There's a link to it in there. So um, it's easy to find if you're looking for it. Okay. And Laws, before we go, I just want the two of you to make a promise for me. I'm saying it to you. Please come back soon. We'd love to. Honestly, Russ, <laughs> thank you to. so much. Because I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I told you guys a half hour. We've now gone almost 45 minutes. But honestly, I could probably talk two more hours to you, ladies. It's been just <laughs> fantastic. But it is late for you, so I do have to wrap this up. Before we go, always just want to mention, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts to Cottage Talk. It does help other phone supporters find us. And please do check out the blog for Jack and Laws's blog. It's excellent. And, of course, please do buy their book. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Jack and Laws, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.